start next week for our kids. Yay! <laughs> Still don't know. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I want to say good morning and uh, welcome to the Mission VA Hope Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> we are so happy to see you here with us this morning as we worship God collectively in spirit and in truth. And if you are visiting with us for the first time, say percent. So if you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest. You're always welcome to this church whenever the doors are open. Like Aaron mentioned in our announcement, uh, there's a card in the back of your pew. You can take that out, fill that out, and pass it in to me or one of our shepherds, or there's a box in the foyer. We'd love to have a record of your attendance so that we can write you a note and invite you back out to our church because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. So, Amen. So this, uh, this morning we are going to complete our sermon series entitled The Power of Proverbs, which we began back on August the 10th. And this was really a four-part uh, series. And in week one, we talked about the importance of, of wising up. We talked about wisdom and how the Bible is filled with wisdom. And if we want to be people filled with wisdom, we're growing in wisdom every day. We've got to make sure we stay in the book and we've got to wise up. Wisdom helps us in many aspects of our lives. In week number two, we talked about the importance of mastering our mouths. We've got to be careful what we say and what we don't say or how we say it. And uh, the Bible talks uh, in detail about how no man can tame the tongue. But we talked about the importance of learning to change our hearts. And if we can change our hearts, then we can change what we say from time to time. So that was week two. Week three, we talked about taming our tempers and the importance of being self-controlled because God wants us to be people that are controlled and we're able to harness some of that so that we don't have our hearts and blow up and get ourselves into trouble. And finally, uh, this week, which is our concluding uh, study, we're going to discuss the, the interesting idea of how to gain or to earn the respect uh, of others. So I was thinking about respect and, and what way we're going to spin this or whatever, but I want to talk about it from the perspective of how to earn the respect of other people. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. You're going to find out what it means to be. Um, <laughs> and like I said, every week uh, um, up to this point, there is so much great material in the book of Proverbs that we can spend the next few months just really going through some of the principles in this book, and I think Proverbs is an amazing book of the Bible because it gives the reader some very simple and practical advice on how to keep oneself away from the life of trouble. So today, let's talk about how to earn the respect of others and other people. So the story goes that there was a very chauvinistic husband, and he had a godly wife, and they were preparing to have breakfast one morning. And the wife said to the husband, why do I have to make the coffee every single morning when we wake up and have breakfast? And the husband said, well, because it's your woman. You're the woman, and that's your job. Yeah, he said it. You're the woman, and that's, and that's your job. And the wife said, uh, the Bible doesn't say that. It's the woman's job to make coffee. It says it's the husband's job to make the coffee. And the husband said, where in the Bible does it say that? And she said, right here. Hebrews. Uh. <laughs> I'm concerned about that. 
others, they'll go out of your way to be kind and loving to you. Now, I'm not saying that you give respect to receive something in return, but there is a byproduct when you show people respect, and that byproduct is that you'll receive respect in return. And even if you don't give respect back, I think God is still pleased when we go out of our way to be respectful and to try to earn respect from, from other people. Respect. So let's go to the very first uh, slide this morning, Mike, and let's look at this passage found in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 1. It says this, which is really important. A good name is more desirable than great riches. Do you believe that this morning? I believe that. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed or respected, in other words, is better than silver or gold. To be respected or esteemed is, is better than silver or gold. You know, everybody wants to be respected. I don't know a single person that says, I want to be disrespected. I don't want people to look at me in that light. Everybody wants to have a good reputation and be respected by others. And the Bible says that self-worth is greater than net worth. If you think about it. They say that money leads to power and power leads to respect. But the Bible kind of flips that around just a little bit. I know in today's culture, we do a lot to show people how important we are, don't we? That's what we do in today's culture. We, we do a lot to let people know that we are important. We buy designer clothes, right, to let people know that we are on this level. We purchase foreign cars to let people see how important we are. We go and dine at the nicest bistros, feasting on aged goat cheeses, because we want people to know, but we want people to know how special and how important and powerful we are. However, God says that your character is far more important than the image you're trying to portray. Well, we live in a world that says the opposite. The image is everything. The inside doesn't matter, but God says, no, no, that's not right. It's the inside. It's the character. And I'm not really concerned about the outside, the image you're portraying. So here's some, some principles that I want you to remember this morning. So if you're taking notes, I've really got three points under how to earn the respect of other people. Um, the first is this. If you want to learn to earn the respect from other people, you have to be a person that speaks with integrity. You have to speak with integrity. So what does that mean? We'll flesh that out here momentarily. Secondarily to that is you have to serve with generosity. Serve with generosity. That's how you have respect for people. And thirdly, you've got to succeed with humility in mind. Succeed with humility in mind. Well, let's, let's talk about this. Let's, let's flesh this out. Might go to the next uh, passage. We, it's uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verses 7 through 9. This is good news translation. may say a little different. Respected people do not, look at this, tell lies. And fools have nothing worthwhile to say. Some people think a bride works like magic. They believe they can do anything. If you want people to like you, forgive them when they wrong you. Remembering wrongs can break up a friendship. Really what I really want to focus on this morning is that verse number 7. It says, respected people do not 
lies. How often do we tell lies throughout the day? How often do we say things that really aren't true or we shouldn't say? Have you, have you thought about that? How well do we speak with integrity? When I think about the life of Jesus, Jesus was a person that never told any lies. He always had truth on his tongue and on his mouth. But oftentimes we say things that are lies. Have you ever said something like this before? I'll get on that right away. No? Yeah, okay. What about this one? I'll see to that myself. No? Okay. Um, what about this one? I'll return it as soon as I'm done with it. Okay? Not that I will. Um, how about this one? I'll pay you back as soon as I get paid. Okay? No? Um, how about this one? I'll be home at 6 p.m., honey. Yeah. Um, what about this one? I'll take you fishing tomorrow, son. What about this one? We're going to get involved in the church soon. What about this one? When I get a raise, I'll start giving more at church. What about this one? I'll start my diet tomorrow. <laughs> How often do we speak for integrity? How often do we say lies not really meaning to, but it just kind of comes out that way, and we don't follow through on what we say we are going to do. If we want to be respected people, we have to speak with integrity. We have to say what we mean and mean what we say. A guy by the name of Napoleon, maybe you've heard of him, said this, promise everything, deliver nothing. Promise everything, deliver nothing. And if we live by a Napoleon-type theology, we'll never be respected people. We have to mean what we say and say what we mean. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 14, Mike, says this. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who posts of gifts he does not give. Like clouds and winds without rain is a man who posts of gifts and he does not give. We can't be church. We can't be people who often promise things and don't deliver. We can't be a bunch of empty promises. People begin to lose respect for you if you don't follow through on what you said you would do. So if we're going to be respectable people and earn the respect of people, we've got to follow through on what we say we're going to do. Next slide, Mike. Proverbs 11, and verse number 25 says this. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be fresh. What, what does this mean? What are we talking about here? You've got to learn to serve with generosity. When you think about people that are highly respectable in our culture, they're big givers, aren't they? They go out of the way to help somebody else. And because of that, you give them respect, don't you? Because they're big givers. They serve with generosity. A person is honored by what they give away, not by what they receive. Amen? God loves a cheerful giver is what the Bible says. Amen? That's right. We've got to learn to give and to serve with generosity. But there are three types of givers that I see in the world. Three different types of givers. The first giver is a flint. The flint. What do you mean by that, right? Well, in order to get a spark out of a flint, you've got to take a hammer and hammer it, don't you? And then eventually, 
sparks fly because you're hammering it all the time, right? That's one type of giver. We have some flints here, right? That, that, that sometimes you have to hammer them in order to get something out of them, right? The other type of givers that I see is a sponge. You know, you've got to squeeze a sponge to get something out of it, don't you? Right? And sometimes you squeeze the sponge, one drop of that, you keep squeezing more and more from out. There are some people that give like that. You've got to squeeze them to get anything out of them. And then there's, lastly, people that are like honeycomb. They just overflow with sweetness and giving. And I think God wants us to be people that give like honeycomb, just overflowing with generosity and kindness and of giving. And the Bible says the more you give, the more you receive. Remember what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6. It says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap what? Sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap what? Generously. Amen. That, that verse makes sense. If we want to be respectable people, earn the respect of others, we have to be big givers. Give of your time. Give of your finances. Give of yourself to other people, and you'll see that you'll start earning more and more respect. People will appreciate that about you. A while ago, I was uh, um, I was trying to feed my rats, right? You know how in the winter and the summer months you've got to seed your grass and make sure it grows? I had these weird patches all over my lawn. So I went to Home Depot and I bought some grass seed. And I went out there and I started putting little things of grass seed in little areas where the spots were. Um, and I would water it night and day, right? And nothing would come up, just one or two little things of grass, right? And the reason I didn't put that much grass seed is because it was kind of expensive. I got the good stuff and I didn't want to waste it, right? But then I read the back of the package and it says, if you want your grass to grow, you got to put a lot of that seed on there. That's how they take your money, by the way. But anyway, they put a lot of seed. You got to sow a lot more for a lot to come back.
When you have the spirit of pride or arrogance or you conceited in a little bit, God will throw something your way to take you down and that's one. I think all of us have been there. When you think more highly than you ought to, God will bring you down. But if you have a lowliness of spirit, if you succeed with humility, God appreciates that and he'll give you all the more. Respectable people are humble and they know how to receive praise and not let it go to their heads. And you know, the Bible tells us that success is a test. And success can ruin people. And that's why God gives us this warning in Proverbs. You know, praise, he used to say, praise should be like bubble gum. You can enjoy it for a while, but don't swallow it, right? It's okay to enjoy it for a little bit, but don't swallow it. Don't take it in. And I'm going to tell you what humility is, because I think there's some uh, poor definitions of what humility is. Humility is not putting yourself down. That's not what humility is. I know a lot of people that say, you know, I want to be humble, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm going to put myself in. I'm not that special. I'm not that gifted. I'm not that tough. I'm not that pretty. I'm not that smart. That, that, that's not humility. Humility is not putting yourself down. Humility is not denying your strengths and your gifts that God has given you. That's not humility. Humility is being honest with your weaknesses. Humility is understanding that you wouldn't have the success you're having if it weren't for God and the other people that God has placed in your life. That's what humility is. So when we enjoy seasons of success, what we say is we say, thank you, Lord, and thank you, Lord, for placing the people you put in my life. Because without them, I wouldn't even be here today. That's what humility is. That's what God wants from his people to succeed with humility. And this verse is not up on the screen, but I just want to share it with you this morning. It's Colossians 3.12. It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I love that, that phrase, clothe, which basically means Keep with you at all times. Put on yourself humility every single day. Don't let a day go by without having this spirit of humility about you. God wants us to be humble, humble people. I want to leave us with one last uh, kind of story. And it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse number 7. And I love this, this passage. Um, and we'll get to it here in a moment. But to set the context, what was going on in, in 1 Samuel? You guys remember this story, right? Saul uh, had become king. And a lot of the reason why Saul was king is because he was tall, dark, and handsome. He looked kingly. So the people said, this guy uh, needs to be king. He's tall, dark, and handsome. On the outside, he's a stud. But on the inside, he wasn't very good, was he? So as the story continues on, we see that God rejected Saul as king because of his disobedience, and he tells Samuel to anoint David. And that's what we're kind of picking up. So if you look at verses 5, 6, 7, up to this point, we see God having this conversation with Samuel and says, you know what? You're going to have to anoint someone else. So as Samuel was in this process of getting ready to anoint uh, this new king, he saw David's older brother, Eliab, and said, Eliab is going to be the king, no doubt. This is the guy that God wants to be king because Eliab is the older brother and he's in some ways, some ways more mature than David and more kingly and more fit 
God said, no, it's not going to be alive. It's going to be, it's going to be dead. Young David. And we pick up in verse number seven. It says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. I like that verse. <laughs> For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So when thinking about this whole idea of learning to earn the respect of other people, it's all about our character. If we speak with integrity, if we give with generosity, if we succeed in humility, God is pleased with that. And it tells people that you are a person of good character, and people of good character usually are respected people. So if we make mistakes and we say things and don't carry on, carry out what we said we would, if we uh, are stingy and don't give to people, if we succeed and we pat ourselves on the back and say, look at how great we are. People aren't going to respect it. They're not going to respect you, and God doesn't like that. God says, or God looks at a man's heart. He looks at what is inside and not what is on the outside. So this morning, as we consider uh, what it means to be respectable people and to earn the respect of other people, I hope and pray that you keep some of these principles in mind that we spoke about this morning. I hope and pray that this sermon series was encouraging to you and that you learned something from the book of Proverbs. Again, there's so much here that we can spend a lot of time and we can go over this series for the next you know, six months or so. So I kind of took a couple of principles and I gave you a little bit, so hopefully it was beneficial to you. So this morning, if there is anyone here that is in need, and maybe something struck you throughout the week and some of the previous sermons and you need some prayer, you need some encouragement, this invitation is not tradition, some would say it is, but it really isn't. During the invitation song, we're inviting you to come forward. The church will pray with you. Now, I love what Christopher said this morning. We are a community. We are a team. We are a brotherhood. We are a family. And if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, you come forward, and we'll pray with you and pray for you. Maybe this morning you're contemplating a new life in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're thinking about baptism. Maybe you're thinking about becoming a Christian. Don't delay it. Don't delay. Come on forward. We'll baptize you today, add you to the body, and you can start your new life in Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, it's an amazing life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, and God will walk with you all the days of your life. Whatever your means and concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing? Song of the day.